When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by WorldwideGolfShops.com. Look, I don't know if you guys have heard, but 2020 has been one of the weirdest years ever, but also one of the best golf years ever for the industry. And WorldwideGolfShops.com has all of the great gear from all of the top brands, including training aids, apparel, and accessories, everything that you need to get you on the course and playing a little bit better. So go out to WorldwideGolfShops.com today. You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. And now, the owner and host of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, Adam Fonseca. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast. I am your host, as always, Adam from GolfUnfiltered.com. You can follow us all over social media at GolfUnfiltered.com. You can send me an email, adam at golfunfiltered.com. Hello to our friends over at Cleveland, Strixon, and Zegzio. Be sure to check out all the reviews of their great new ZX line on our website, golfunfiltered.com. And by the time that you're listening to this, folks, I want to let you know that uh, my friend Bill Bush over at Driving Range Heroes and I, we started a second podcast. It's called Big Time Golf Guys, and it's a very tongue-in-cheek discussion on the game of golf, specifically golf gear, equipment, and the like. And I think you're really going to enjoy that. You can also find that on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. So I hope you join us over there as well. It's a really, really fun little side project that we're both doing. Well, folks, uh, we are nearing the end of the year. At the time of this release, it is the week of Christmas. So Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everyone who uh, is hopefully staying safe, are, are you know celebrating the holiday responsibly. You know, it's just been a weird year, and I know that everyone wants to get out there and do it the best way that they can, see family, see friends. I just really ask that everyone just does so safely. You know, we got a lot of crazy stuff going on with this pesky pandemic, and I hope that everything is going to clear up just around the corner. So I just wanted to send you all well wishes there, and I hope that uh, you all stay safe. I can't say that enough. Today's guest, folks... Really excited. This is a first for us. Uh, Mr. Matt Carney, he is a musician, singer, songwriter. You probably know him uh, from his hit single, Grand Canyon, which he actually just released an acoustic version of it as well, which is absolutely fantastic. And for those who might not know, I I do have a love of music. Um, I've <laughs> One of the first things I did before even talking about golf or digging out a microphone to to record a podcast is, you know, I, I really wanted to be a, a good guitar player. And, you know, I, I got decent over the years, but the reason for that is because I just absolutely love music. And I think that's why when I heard the episode of uh, Golf Origin Stories, which if you've not subscribed to them, my good friend Chris McEwen, uh, he does a fantastic job with Golf Origin Stories. And Matt Carney was on his show I knew I had to listen to it, and it was just absolutely fantastic. I highly recommend that you go and listen to that episode as well. Uh, but that really kind of sparked what this episode is, and that is having Mr. Carney on our, our show. And so Matt and I talk a lot about not only his uh, 
his experience growing up in the game of golf. He learned a lot from his father, as you're going to hear in the interview. Uh, Matt also really relies on the game to help him relax when he's out touring for his main gig, of course, which is being uh, one of the best musicians that you could find around. And certainly, you know, it's just always great to hear how someone of his talent in one industry or one genre can really translate into something else and how you find that common ground, even with just a regular guy like me talking to him about that. And so it's just a great conversation. We touch on the pro game. We touch on a lot of different funny stories. We go in a lot of different directions here, folks. And that's, that's absolutely the way that things should be. So I really hope you enjoy this uh, pretty in-depth conversation with Mr. Matt Carney. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Very excited to welcome on Mr. Matt Carney. He is the singer-songwriter that you may know, the voice behind Grand Canyon, and he has got a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about today, including this great game of golf that we both enjoy. Matt, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Man, my pleasure. It is uh, an honor, and the two things I love talking about the most are music and golf, so I'm pumped. Well, I want to give a quick shout out to the man, I believe, who made this all happen, Mr. Chris McEwen, who you appeared on his show, Golf Origin Stories, not too long ago. He's a friend in the area for me. Great interview there, and I learned a lot about you and just your love for the game. Man, thank you. Yeah, Chris is awesome. I really enjoyed that chat. Um, Love talking about golf with him and kind of my history and some of the um, ways it's intertwined with my music. Yeah, it's awesome. And so you try to entertain or intertwine and entertain uh, golf into everything that you do, I I would imagine. And I know that hearing that interview as well as just doing a little bit of uh, reading up on you, you've played the game for quite a while, right? Well, I grew up playing. My dad was a scratch golfer kind of for a series of, well, he's not anymore, but, um, you know, for a period of time. And um, so I grew up playing in junior golf. You know, my, my dad actually, he was a, grew up in kind of like a, rough family in rochester new york and that was basically his way to kind of escape he was a caddy at this local golf course and Mm -hmm. so he was out basically on the course all the time fell in love with the game started playing a ton uh got drafted into vietnam um and luckily he passed this test to be an officer so they said well what do you do and that time he was studying hotel management and he was a serious golfer and they said okay we're gonna send you to fort dix new jersey you're gonna run this officer's club so he basically was like in charge of this officer's club and part Mm -hmm. of his duty because he was like so good at golf was he'd have some general say you know mike carney report to the first tee at 7 a.m on monday morning and he would be like the partner for the general and he'd be like their ringer that he'd bring in so they could win money. Nice. Um, he said his only accommodation for like a medal of honor was the general he worked under had this like case of uh, bourbon that was really hard to come by. <laughs> and, it, and at one point the, the kitchen was burning down. And he ran in and he grabbed the generals. He knew this case of bourbon was so dear to him. He like mm-hmm. ran out with it. He got like some oil burns on his arm. Wow. Whole kitchen burned down. And the general gave him like army accommodation, you know, medal of accommodation for bal- valor in the face of <laughs> something ridiculous. He did not deserve <laughs> for rescuing this guy. But yeah, he went on to, to uh, play in UNLV in college. Um, 
he won some big tournament in the army and uh settled in eugene oregon as a became a lawyer and so joined eugene country club it was a big investment for him to join an actual club he said the only person that drove a worse car than his was the cook at the <laughs> at the club and he just loved golf and so we came at it through that way not through this culture of like money and sure. you know like this it was more just like the love like people that love golf that are players players and that was my dad and so yeah i uh, grew up under that and um stopped playing forever but picking it up in the last seven eight years and got really serious about it that's amazing and and it was serious enough to include it as kind of like the backdrop for your music video of grand canyon i mean that's just a fun video to watch and you know tex armstrong the character <laughs> the character that you played in the video where did that what's the story behind that i mean nobody knows what we're talking about but but <laughs> it's okay i we always have to shoot music videos and we're sitting there i was like what sounds fun I was like, well, I'm, I, you know, COVID, like everybody, I've played more golf than I have in a long time. A, because I'm home, I'm not on the road. And B, because there's nothing else you can do. And golf is like that. The more you play, the more you get addicted to it, which is, um, so I've been playing a ton of golf and I was like, man, partly I love this song, Grand Canyon. It'd be weird if like we did like a seventies golf thing. That was kind of fun, but I was also kind of in the seventies Cowboys at the time. So at one point I was like, maybe he's a truck driver, the character for this video. And I was like, well, maybe he's a cowboy golfer. And the driver, the director got quiet. He goes, that's so bad. It could almost be good. You know, this could work. <laughs> yeah. So it just became this funny journey of me playing and got some Ben Rector's a musician. He featured as my arch rival, Rennie Bechter and yeah. some other musicians. And it just was a really fun, you know, super fun video to shoot. So the, the message behind the video, uh, my take on it is, you know, you're you're going out, you're doing your thing. In this case, the character of of this professional golfer, the cowboy golfer, going out doing yeah. your thing. Obviously, some parallels there with with life on the road, being a musician. I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Texas, this dude who's like amateur golfer. He's never really won. He's like, you know, the the announcer at the beginning is like, he's just barely making it, hanging on, and he finally has this putt to win. And I I do, yeah, I do relate to that. You know, like maybe. I am incredibly blessed to do what I do, but on in some ways, you know, you're not like this household name. I, if I was on the tour, I'm like, I, you know, I'm not Ricky Fowler or Bubba Watson. I'm like, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know who would I be like? I'd be like Kevin Na or something, you know, without, yeah. without the tick or, you know, like, <laughs> like even more boring, just like, you know, like, I'm not, I've been in the music business. I love doing it. And like this guy, yeah, I relate to that character. That's like, that's like grinding to try to really break through. And, and it was fun to do it as a seventies cowboy golfer, you know, breaking through in whatever profession that you choose. And obviously, you know, you've got just a heck of a following with everything that you do musically. I mean, what's that been like getting to this point? I mean, I know that we are yeah. both fans of pro golf and we can imagine what that might be. Even the boring Kevin, nah. <laughs> yeah. what that might be for him. But what was it like for you getting to this point? Uh, I mean, you know, for me, it was, I, I was an English major in college and I didn't actually start doing music till real late in my life. I didn't start doing music until I was a sophomore in college and my roommate had a guitar and I was always really good at writing. I was actually a soccer player that was what i was known for and got went into played soccer in college 
but I had this love for the arts and like my family was really creative and um, my uncle was a painter and I loved words. And I picked up my roommate's guitar one day and just started writing a song for fun because I was so bad at covering, you know, I tried to cover like a Dave Matthews song or something at the time. And I was so bad at it. I just was easier for me to write a song. <laughs> it was like, just learn a couple chords and say some stuff. That's way easier than learning what this guy's doing. And that just kind of started this trajectory that led me to Nashville and people heard some of those early songs and it, you know, it connected and, you know, the rest is, and now here I am doing your podcast. It's, and here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Look at us. Who, who would have thought? Not us. <laughs> so, you know, I, uh, there's a friend of the, of the podcast, uh, asked a question on Twitter real quick, and I would be remiss if I did not mention it. Uh, Riona Sullivan said, um, you're one of her favorites. And she wants me to ask you about your first album and your time spent in Chico, California. What was that experience like? Chico? Was she in Chico? That's an interesting question. It may have been. I am not Uh, sure. I I would imagine she may have been. uh, Chico was awesome. Chico was like this weird time of like discovery and, um, you know, Chico's like crazy party school. So there was like coming to the your wits end a little bit. And for me, it was actually like a real spiritual time of like just finding myself and like my voice and really like started writing songs about that season of my life. And that was really what people really responded to was just this, it was this overflow of like um, insecurity and uh, just what you do when you leave the college and it's not awesome. There's stuff that's super awesome and there's stuff that is not, it's really hard. And that, that season of life really birthed this kind of like vulnerable songwriting that people really connected to. And uh, I have such fond memories of Chico. It was unbelievable. Cause at that time I was kind of trying to get out of the party scene. Cause that had been such a big part of my life that mm-hmm. I was like really making a change. And so me and my friend just would go on road trips everywhere and, um, drive to the Sierra Nevadas or drive to San Francisco or Fort Bragg, or I just never, be, I didn't live in California until then. So we just drove and it ended up just such fond memories of that season of my life. That's awesome. And so when you're thinking about times in your life, you know, like that, you said it was a kind of a spiritual thing. And I'd imagine that there's a little bit of relaxation that you have to do or that you choose to do on the golf course. Does that help with your songwriting? I've always wanted to ask someone of your. your uh, heck yeah. What I love about golf is it's like, my brain is pretty active. It's like always thinking of something and like for some reason golf, I'm, I'm really ADD, like put me on medicine, ADD, you know, I took Ridlin as a kid or whatever, but the, the hyper focus you have to be for that 20 seconds when, when you step up to the ball weirdly suits me and my ADD, like I can be hyper focused and then you can kind of like just be present in the field and the, you know, like, look at some trees and like be with your homies and talk about whatever, but then you hyper-focus in like something about that rhythm is so meditative to me. And it's like, so my brain just like, but he gets that little hit of like, I made my addictive personality, whatever it is. Like you just, it's like, it, it provides me with total relaxing feelings and total bearing down focus. And like, I love it so much. It's like, that's maybe, the rhythm of that is what I love so much. It's so interesting to hear, you know, folks like yourself describe golf as relaxing, you know, cause I think a lot of people would say, well, and I don't know if you agree with this, but the better you get at it. Yeah. 
the more frustrating it gets. Oh, it's that's a hundred percent true because the investment you've made into it, you want it to give back to you. It's like they talk about when you plan a trip, the longer time you spend Googling it, it's this, this author paradox of choice. I, I think he talks about, mm. I forget the guy's name, but the longer you invest into something, like if you Google a trip to plan this trip to Mexico for six months and you, every hotel, everything, you're actually, your enjoyment will be less. You'll expect more out of it. They've come to find the more investment you put into it. And, but if you just jump on a plane with someone like, Hey, we're going to this place and you don't even never even heard of it. You're like, cool, let's go. And you get on the plane, you show up and you're at some hotel. You're like, Hey, this is great. I didn't just yeah. no expectations. You end up actually experiencing it more. So I think golf is totally subject to that same principle of like the more time you put into it, the more it becomes a lot of things to you in unhealthy ways and healthy ways. Um, I'm really trying, me and my dad talk about this all the time. Cause he's like, if we're not enjoying this, like I always am there. Like it, it this is a long time to be away from your family. Mm. If, it is like six hour a day. Like if you aren't enjoying this, what the hell are we doing? Like this isn't fun. So I've really tried to take that mindset lately just cause it's like with two little girls and like, I love playing well. I don't necessarily like playing bad, but I really just want to love being there too. Like in really mm-hmm. creating that space for myself to try to enjoy around um, where you're shooting in the 90s. You know, we were like yeah. high 80s versus the high 70s. It's a big difference. <laughs> no, it definitely is. And, you know, I, I can relate to that. You know, you got to have fun still doing it. You know, have you ever walked off a golf course? I've never done that, no. I, I hate doing it. I'm not, not saying I wouldn't it. do it, but I'm just yeah, well, saying I just have never had the luxury. <laughs> well, let me tell you. So uh, recently did that and hated hated the fact that I did it because I was just playing terribly, just yeah. awful. And I'm yeah. like, look, we get to a hole and there's like, it's a par four. There's like four groups on the hole. And I looked at my playing partners who I did not know. I was a single. I got paired up with ran- random people. And I'm like, look, I'm out of here. Yeah, you know, and I went to the range, hit some balls, and it was all good. So, were you a member at this place? I am not a member of it. Um, so you I, paid a so you paid a greens fee. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know what, I can't do this. Like, I get it if you're like a member at a club and you're like, you're like, yeah, whatever. I could book a tea time tomorrow. You you paid your fee. You were so frustrated. You're like, I'm out. Couldn't do it. I just what couldn't do whole, it, man. What what whole number? This was whole five. Is it slow? Five, bro. You didn't five. Even... Five. <laughs> I couldn't it do it. have turned around, bro. It couldn't. You never know. <laughs> yeah. What if like, what if you went like birdie, 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 man, on the next three holes? Matt, let me tell you. The way I was hitting it that day, there was no chance. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. That was it. What was, what was happening? What was your miss? Uh, well, so um, – on the range, because I like to warm up. I don't know if you do before the round. I like to hit at least a few. Ooh, it's a whole shanked twenty wedges in a row. Oh yeah, bro, been there. And so fun. step so the fun. first tee. What's gonna happen is gonna happen. Hit a yeah. shot, went all right. Next hey. hole, shanks. It came back. Yeah, the shanks, shanks. Oh, okay, I can see that. Yeah, like the shanks. You can't. You're like. That's not fun. You can't. I've had that. I had that recently, where I was trying to, like I've been driving the crowd. That's what I usually do well is I drive the ball well, and it the mental side of the game is so frustrating to me. But I was meeting my friend, 
he called me. He's like, hey, Judah and the Lion, he's in a band, Judah, Judah Akers. He's like, hey, we're making the turn. You should meet me. So he's playing with people I don't know. I drove out there. I got the freedom from my wife. So I'm kind of rushed. I'm, I'm meeting at the turn. So I'm kind of waiting. Like it's this weird, awkward time. I'm kind of warming up. And then we get on and like, I don't know these people. And like, it just was like a weird, like rhythm, like joining someone halfway through their round. You're like, you don't yeah. want to screw them up. You don't have one guy's playing well. You're like, I don't want to be the new ingredient. If you play bad, <laughs> this is a lot going on. And I'm like, all of a sudden I couldn't hit a driver without taking a divot. I didn't know what it was like. I could not hit the ball. I've never experienced my life experiences. I, I, I put, I was, there's a water on the left on this one mm -hmm. hole. And I hit like three in a row duck hook, like 50 yards. I, and he's like, Judah's like, bro, it's, he, he'd never seen me do this before. He's like, bro, this is, I think it's just mental. I'm like, yeah, this is yeah. definitely just mental. <laughs> it's like, you think? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. It's like your brain just kind of breaks and you don't know how to fix it. It's, it's so frustrating. Would you say, uh, wait, so whole five. Yeah. You know, like, guys, I'm out. I'm out. I'm like, guys. So I, I did. I tried to make it because you're in that mindset and you're like, all right, how do I get out of this without com complete, you know, coming across like a complete jerk? You know, I don't know these guys. So I made do, sure to do you feel bad because like, is there part of you that feels bad? Like you're screwing up their round. Like they'd yes. probably rather, they'd rather me just go home. hundred percent, hundred percent, you know? And I'm, I mean, I'm a single digit. I'm not bad golfer. And so when this happens, yeah. like I'm embarrassed because of it, <laughs> I, I, I have the same thought that you just had that you said. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. I, it's not funny. It's Trust not, me. but I but went and I got funny. a, I went, went and got a hamburger, you know, hamburger was good, better than the round. So is your miss like, uh, what's your, if you're going to have a miss, that's not a shank. What is it? I'm just hook. curious. I hook. Hook. Yeah. Yeah. So you hit a little, you hit on the inside of the club face, probably too much. So you were just so inside you were hitting hosel. That's all it was, man. That's you just all like, if you like in those moments, if you think of trying to hit the toe, what happens? Well, see, like that's that's the fix usually for me. Like I have yeah. to, for the rest of that day, play off the toe. You got to think like I'm trying to hit the toe. Yeah. Every time. But for because me, you start, you start coming from so far inside maybe that you're, or is well, it? it? Well, I probably, and I think the hands are getting away from the body. And I also think that that's so not fun because I don't know about you, but I don't feel like I can actually enjoy the game at that point. I'm just trying no. to survive. At that yeah. Point. That's not fun. No. So I, I get that. Okay. I, I agree. Yeah. That makes sense. If you're like, can't even hit the face of the club. It's like, let's, what are we doing? We're what are we doing here? Ball. No, I can now, throw the ball and have more golfers. Fun. Exactly. Golfers <laughs> are, I mean, as you know, we're superstitious as all get out. Would you say that golfers are more superstitious or musicians? Golfers. Yeah. Musicians are not superstitious I, that I've known that I've run into. Golfers are weird, man. <laughs> yeah. We I are. have a couple of friends that are like on the, uh, like, Ben Crane's a friend, friend of mine. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you know this. This is a little known golf fact, but I wrote and produced one of the golf boys songs that like Ricky Bubba and yeah, I didn't ben, know that Ben did. And so you spend a little time with them and yeah, there is, they were telling me, I was just over listening to them talk about like, like how they Keegan Bradley, I was kind of making fun of Keegan Bradley's shoes. He used to wear, they're like the big dad shoes. Yeah. Which now are back in style when I have some on like it. So he he was ahead of the curve, I guess. But he's like, he's like, oh, yeah, but he he, he he likes the way the shoe set up with his putter. I'm like, really? Like the shoe set up with the putter. Yeah. Like the way the shoe is set up with the putter. I was like, but is that like mental? He's like, yeah, totally. It doesn't matter. 
but like but like he likes the thickness of his soul and where that sets up in his putting stroke like is a whole like yeah if you're thinking about that crap you are yeah you are you are definitely superstitious i guess we are really weird like that you know i've so uh, i'm by no means a musician i i a hobbyist guitar player at best but i love good music and another question that came in regarding just life on on i guess you know a tour for for a musician what would you say as a golfer is worse hitting a shank that we were just talking about or a string breaking live on stage shank i so i don't really i shanks are not my thing i'm like if if i'm a my if my miss is the bad ones are fat Mm. but i don't i don't have that issue i've never really had the issue with shanks so i can't totally relate to the emotional feeling of that i've definitely shanked the ball don't get me right. wrong but right. string breaking is is um is a bummer but when i started out playing guitar a lot of the times when i first toured i had no band it was just me by myself with a guitar so you break a string uh it's like the whole show shuts down but weirdly i found i if you break a string in the middle of a song i had this like i could change it really fast i'd right well, hold on and i would talk and i'd say a few funny things and i would just be changing a string and you wind it and like i could get it down where i could do it in about two minutes wow which is a long ass time though on stage by yourself but then if you go right into the moment of the song you left off people usually like roar and like it weirdly like actually becomes endears you to the like the crowd it's like a bonding moment it's like this kind of like um trauma bonding you have with them or something (laughs) but i ended up feeling like people loved it if i and so there was like a period of time where i had like on your hosel back on your in your guitar the bridge is the part in the back with the little bone thing back there i had a little burr in there so often it would break the string too much so if you if your strings break a lot there's oftentimes there's a burr somewhere and on either the neck or the the the, anyways no one cares but and I, so I was leaving it because I kind of was trying to break a string every show at this one moment. So I'd like be playing really hard. Like we're, I was like working it into my act. So, oh, nice. So nice. definitely the shanks. Definitely the shanks. Is there breaking down that fourth wall, kind of connecting with the audience, you know, kind of make taking that moment to say, hey, I see you just like you're looking at me. That's got to be a different type of rush. Oh, yeah. it's It's like... I've always loved doing that. You know, like I started, I remember this one time we had moved to like a handheld mic. It was like wireless. And I just remember I was at this show and I just like was standing there and I just jumped into the crowd and just started like running to the back, singing the song and people were losing their mind. I was like, this is so fun. Like, this is the most fun thing. And it became like a a shtick I would do often because I enjoyed it so much of kind of like, yeah, anytime you can like reset people's brains because they're like, okay, here's how I do this move and then this, and then he plays that song, and then we do the encore. Like, anytime you can break down that thing is like fun, and people experience it differently, and you experience it differently. And yeah, that's the whole goal with performing is like, how yeah. can you rip apart expectations and like have a new thing feel new that, that feels like something new is happening when you're in that moment on stage everything's flowing well you're connecting everything's just going perfectly do you feel that anywhere else i mean it's not it's not unsimilar to playing a great round of golf because mm. the greatest round of golf you are not thinking 
you know, like my dad is always talking to me about this, like, be an athlete, be an athlete. Like, you know, you talk about Rory and all these guys that work. Who's the, who's the, the putting guru that he played on. He played on tour. He's the guy uh, that everybody likes. Paxson? Putt. Yeah. Paxson. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. Paxson. Right. Uh, Brad right, Paxson. Uh, Brad Paxton, sorry, sorry, yep. Paxton. That's a <laughs> John Paxton. That's a bulls yeah, guy. <laughs> Shooting guard. Yeah, right. Um, he talks a lot about that, like you know how he helped Rory and Tiger. These weeks they had was was they would become more athletic. It's actually something. I was a soccer player. I was like I'm an athlete, so I'm always trying to get in touch with that athleticism. And it's it's what I'm trying to do right now. My dad has been pointing out. He's like, man, you're in your head too much. Like when you're trying to figure something out, when I'm, when I'm reacting and I'm just in the moment, you know, like there's that one, it's the, the late, the woman who wrote the book, it's like a famous golf book. See, I know a lot of supposed facts. I don't That's actually right. know the fact. Uh, you would know her name, but she talks a lot about the time that a player stands over the ball and how, how a great, like most players that stand over the ball for longer than say 15 seconds are, setting themselves up for failure and and statistically people that stand over the ball for 15 seconds more generally do not do well like it's not good for you like the quicker you can get into the play box and stand over the ball and just freaking swing no thought no swing thought maybe one simple swing thought like way odds are way better for you of succeeding mm -hmm. and so yeah like a great round where you look back you're like holy crap i shot for me, that'd be like 75 would be a really, really, really good round. Mm -hmm. uh, it's probably one of my best. And I, you look back, you're like, I didn't really, it was not hard. Like I was just hitting fairways and like, it was pretty easy to drive the ball and my irons were pretty good and my distance was pretty good. And I wasn't really thinking about it. I was maybe like having a chat with my buddy. Yeah. I didn't get too zoned in on the fact that I was playing well. I just kind of like was chilling you know maybe blew up one time and but recovered the next hole like made a birdie or par you know there was one moment usually that i did that so that's pretty similar to a good show like just easy you're just jokes are falling out of your mouth the transitions are perfect you're hitting the notes you're trying new things even and like all of a sudden they're working so um they're maybe some of the most similar is a great round and a great show Good to know. Good to know. And I, I'd imagine that, like you said, trying new things, trusting yourself, kind of surprising yourself, even saying, hey, I can this is where my ability is right now. I can do this. I can pull this shot off. Yeah. And like it wasn't like some crazy thing either. Like you see a shot like oh, I, I kind of have to hook this ball over that tree. Yeah, I remember a round I had I was playing out of my mind in L.A. and I was dead behind this tree. And I was like, there's this little window. And I was like, you know, if I hit driver off the deck, it's probably going to fade it would stay in that pocket. You know, it was like 10 by 10 foot window, like mm -hmm. hundred yards away. It was stupid. I was like, yeah, I, I probably could hit that. Yeah. And I did, I freaking pulled out my driver and hit it. And like, it went through the window and I was looking around for everybody. Like did everybody <laughs> see that? No one saw it. You know, no one, no one saw the shot, but I was like, looking back at that round, I was like, you were nuts. Like, why did you try to hit that shot? But it was like, and I'm not usually a guy for that. I'm like, usually like get it back and play. But in the moment, it was just like, yeah, that seems within my ability. And it, and it was, obviously, I guess. I mean, um, yeah. it wasn't like I had to punch it. It wasn't like I was hitting a full driver. It was like a, mm -hmm. I had to hit it about, you know, 180 or something. Um, 
anyways. But you were able to see it. You were able to pull it off. I mean, that just makes it more fun. And yeah, I love that faster. Side of the game. Yeah, all that. Yeah, you're just stuff. you're just going with what you see, and like if it's not stupid, and you're not like, yeah, I'm driving the green over the ocean. You know, like <laughs> that's dumb. So uh, so yeah. So what kind of what's your handicap? Sorry, you said I'm a I hate six. this question. You're no, six. Sorry. I'm a six. Yeah. Oh man, that's cool. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm, How about supposed you? To, I'm supposed to be a six, but um, I haven't played at it in a while. Well, you got other stuff going on. Well, I not this year. Uh, <laughs> uh, not many. Did you play a lot of golf this year? Yes. And it's just this is the part I hate about golf. I hadn't played in about two years. I had my daughter, Olive. My wife is like, you're going crazy. I was losing it being of quarantine. I was like, I'm about to go stir crazy, not playing any shows, not seeing friends. And. I went out and played and like, I probably hadn't played in a year mm. and I went out and shot like 77. I'm like, wow. I love golf. Golf is easy. Like what, <laughs> what have I not been playing golf? It's so easy. Shot like 79. I should go professional. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, dude, I know I was playing with my dad's buddies and they're like, you could make it to the next level. I'm like, well, I don't even know what that means. Next level. <laughs> that just like, but I mean, they're like, you don't even play. And I was like, no, I don't even play. And then, you know, I shot a couple times in the seventies and then, then it was like next round was like 80, then next two mm-hmm. rounds were like 82. And then mm-hmm. the next round were like 85. And then I shot a 90 and oh. then it was like, so it's like, I am, I think I'm holding a 6.3 or something, but it's like, has not gone down in like 12 rounds. Oh, so it's yeah. going, it's just slowly going up. And that's the part I don't understand about golf. And it's really frustrating. Um, as much as I sounded, wanted to sound really smart and just love it, man. It's still really frustrating. It really is. It really is. Yeah. I'm, I'm a six going on a 15 really quick. It's, it's just a hard game, but you, you've had so, a chance. Yeah. So do you, are, do you hit the ball? Like, would you say long average? No, I have average, average. Um, you know, so what, so what are your strength then? I'm just curious. Like, what I'm, do you do well? You know, I'm a good putter. I always have been oh, for some oh, reason. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I've always enjoyed that part of the game the most. I mean, is there a part that you enjoy? I just I like putting for some reason. Uh, I I enjoy – I love – yeah, like I've recently got in the short game. Like just chipping and pitching I'm pretty good at and driving, which is weird that I'm good at those two. My iron game probably is the weakness lately. Um just not, not within close enough distance from the club I'm holding in my hand. You know, like yeah. you should be like missing the green with the seven iron is not a vibe. You like you're not gonna. I mean, e- easy depending on the green, obviously. Sure, of course. But you shouldn't like just pulling and then pushing out. Yeah, I don't. I've got a little case of both sides right now, which is weird for me. I've never. I'm usually. I'm usually trying to hook my irons. I'm trying to hit a draw with my irons, fade my driver. Mm-hmm. That's been my. That's where I seem to do the best. Yeah, I mean, you but, can walk to a fade, and a hook won't listen, right? The famous yeah. quote. Yeah. Is that your ball flight typically that you like? Just a fade most of the time. I, good. Um, I don't know. I, I, I. Oh, ball flight. I just. It. I don't know, man. It's so weird. It's like the case of what am I playing today? I show up. <laughs> right. I mean, I can move it both ways. It's just like whether I, what it feels like is so, that's the frustrating part is what it feels like. The, the round, looking back at the rounds I've scored the best, I was playing like a, I was, I was, I was 
feeling like a straight shot and it would slightly fade. Mm. Those felt like the rounds I had the best. The biggest bombs I hit are always like a draw, you know, like, and I hit the ball pretty far. I'm usually one of the longer guys I play with. Mm -hmm. Um, Got that lanky, like athletic thing going, but the, but it's that Tex Armstrong coming through. I think it's the Tex bro, (laughs) but the, but inconsistent. So it doesn't, if you hit it far and you're straight two two five degrees, it means a lot of range. Yeah. You can do, you can do a lot there's, more. There's a lot of places it can go. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true too. But hey, we got to talk about your new album coming out. You got, uh, you got a new one coming out. I believe you said next month. Is that right? Uh, we're working on it. Yeah. It's actually coming out this spring. Oh, okay. We've, we've released a couple songs. We're announcing it next year, um, but we have, uh, yeah, new. I have a song called Grand Canyon that came out. You talked about the video and a song called Can't Look Back, and we're releasing another couple songs in January. Nice, very nice. Yeah. Well, we got to keep our eyes open for that too. And so are you watching a lot of golf too? I know you said you were playing it, but do you watch the tour a lot? I do. Yeah. Who's your uh, Who's your guy? Or well, guy? you know, um, I like John Rahm a lot. Do you really? His buddy, I do. I like. Um, I, I tend to be, if I know someone or someone close to someone, I tend to root for him. So Ben was a buddy of mine. Ben Crane's a good friend of mine. So I would always root for him, just watch what he was doing every week. And through the guys I met, Ricky was like the sweetest guy I'd ever met. Mm-hmm. I remember they all showed up to the airport because we we're all filming this golf boys thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were recording the song and shooting the video on the same weekend. Oh, Basically wow. how the, how they would pull it off to get everyone in one place. And and so they all came to the airport to pick me up in a car because they're all like, I don't know, like batching it with Ben <laughs> at his house. And Ricky like got out and he like got my bag and he like, he's like, put it in. And like, we got back to the house. They're all staying at Ben's house. And he's like, Hey, can I make you some dinner? You know, you just flew in. You want, can I make you a burrito or something? I'm like, oh, wow. who are you, dude? Like, you know, Bubba's like telling stories and being, <laughs> you know, being Bubba. Um, Ricky Hunter's, Fowler burrito. What? A Ricky Fowler burrito offer. That's it was something. great, man. Yeah, yeah, he made me a burrito. Ricky made me a burrito. <laughs> so I root for. I always root for him because he was like as good a guy as you'd think. Um, Graham McDowell, I root mm. for, even though he's struggled, but he's a friend of mine. I would consider in the text world. Um, I played golf with him one time. Oh yeah, what was he like? I see. We've never played golf. We've just texted and like Dude. talked. So f- real quick, funny story. This was years ago when I used to work for another outlet. We got invited to go do a Guinness event at a course around here. And uh, he was promoting it. We got to play five holes with him because he was, you know, kind of playing with every group that was there. But he just stuck with us for a bit. And admittedly, I had way too many Guinness at that <laughs> point. And he was he could not have been nicer and he's just automatic at that time. I think at the time he was number five in the world. Wow. And we were playing, uh, you know, where they have those big cutout holes, you know, and he was just a joy to play with. And then at the end of the round, we went and played night golf with him. <laughs> and so we all like everyone got glow in the dark, you know, like glow stick, yeah, yeah. you know, all that. We got glow in the dark golf balls and we went to the 17th hole of this course. It's the Glen club in Glenview, Illinois. And, Everyone hits. Everybody hits. Nobody hits the green. McDowell gets up there. He says, 
All right, I show you how it's done. Throw it down, hits it, not kidding, to two feet. <laughs> yeah, of course. Just and then everyone just drives off and goes home. So, but yeah, no, it was that, it was an incredible time. That's cool. Yeah, um, I I love rooting for him. I wouldn't say we're 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 I don't we're in the weird. We text each other, but we're not like we we've never actually hung out in person. What is I don't know what is that? What is I, that relationship? I'm not sure. Text courting. Friend? We're dating. Are you dating now? Wow, we're like. We're date curious. We're like kind of curiously <laughs> dating. We're like checking each other out. Yeah. Um, how did you get, how'd you get hooked up with him? How did you, uh, a tour manager, he actually asked me to play at his 40th birthday, which mm-hmm. I didn't do, which, um, I was in the middle of working on a record and like, I don't know why I didn't, but it was going to be at like some cool place in the Bahamas or something. And then, mm-hmm. um, I got, I don't know what happened. Usually when you get like two, if there's no manager involved, if there's like an artist, like no, no offense, but artists usually we're used to like people helping us. Sure. We have tour managers helping us figure out logistics. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure Graham McDowell too has a guy that figures out his logistics. Yes, so it's like, does. yeah, man, let's do it. Totally. Cool. Like what's the date? Yes. Yeah, sometime in the spring. And then I remember he's like, let's, I would love it. That'd be so cool. We'd come play some songs. I was like, All right, cool. And then like, no logistics happened mm-hmm. other than, Hey, what do you think about that? Yeah, man, let's do it. That sounds fun. Like a couple of those. And yeah. then I looked up and it was like three, like, I think it was two weeks before I'm like, Hey, is this still happening? He's like, Ooh, <laughs> uh, I think so. Yeah. Anyways. But, but, um, uh, that was how we got hooked up And when I tour oftentimes, we try to connect. He's like, Hey, let me know if you're coming through Florida. Let's play. So I texted him like, Hey man, I'm let's hang. And I sent him a date and he's like, that's fun. Let's play. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be in Orlando. So I texted him the morning of him like, uh, okay. You know, what, where are we going? And he's like, Oh, you meant this month. Oh. He's like, I'm at the Ryder cup right now. Oh, I'm, right. Like, I- I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I have this thing I got to do. (laughs) Well, and it was like, I texted him like two days before. So, you know, it's not like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Musicians roll maybe more that way. The golfers maybe are a little more like, like they've got their life playing out a little more. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. But he's like, I'm at the Ryder Cup. I was like, "Uh, don't, (laughs) do not respond to any more of my text. I'm very sorry. Like, don't think. Yeah, I don't want to just, I just somehow in my brain had this picture of him like, about to hit this putt and his phone shakes in his butt and he's like, Oh, and like misses the hole and you know, like they lose the point. Oh no. That would be amazing. Let's let's just be honest, if that actually happened. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you got a lot going on, Matt. And like I they know... keep their phone in their pocket yeah, live while they're I'm playing sure they around. Do. Yeah. Like I'm on sure vibration, vibra- like really loud. <laughs> like if another guy's playing, like you know, like your dad always has his phone. It's like, ding, 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 and he's like running to the, like when my dad always forgets to turn his phone on silent. So, right. Some guy will be teeing off and it's like, kick, 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 and he's like <laughs> running back to the cart. I wonder uh, if that's a thing in the PGA. That's gotta be, someone's definitely left their phone on. I love it. I love it so much that yeah, we got to have that happen at some point. Just, just text him as often as you can. Whenever you see him on TV, let's see what, let's see if we can. Uh, it's like, it is like my greatest fear. If, of any of those relationships, my greatest fear is I do not communicate around. I don't know. I was thinking, do they want people messing with them? Like, probably not. <laughs> like, even, even communicating, even like, 
we've gone to see him at a couple of tournaments. Like Ben, I would go see him and I would just get really nervous. Even like the guys warming. I don't know. I feel like they're so head cases, all golfers just like, I don't want them worrying about me. Like, yeah, I know which they're not like, that's an over importance. They could care less. But even <laughs> when you, I know when you like play a show and you have your guest list and you've got like your aunt coming and you're like trying to get ready for the show and you're like, did my aunt get in? Oh, like, and then if you didn't leave the tickets, right. And then they're texting you and you're like, my aunt's outside. Someone's going to let her in. You know, like, you're like worried about it. It's just the whole thing. Oh my, you're playing, uh, you're playing live tonight on Instagram. You know, listeners to this will be able to probably see a copy of that at some point, but you got yeah. that at what, like an hour. You're doing that in yeah. like an hour. Oh, I just, sometimes when I release songs. I just go say hi on Instagram and like, I'll play, play a couple songs sometimes. Nice. Yeah. Connecting yeah. with fans over social. It's probably a fun thing. Uh, probably is that one of your favorite things to do easiest way to get a test you're pretty responsive i've seen am i i uh i do it's it is a um i don't know it's a it's a mixed bag of what it means i think social media is an interesting thing mm-hmm. uh my by my personality i want to compare and i want to like if i'm left to my own unhealthy devices like I asked your handicap. There you go. Look at, I'm the guy that went there. You know, like I want to know where I stand. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's just, I'm like a achiever. I like to go for it. So I, I do think social media in general is hard for that. Like, cause I don't think that's necessarily healthy for me to be super in that world. So social media always represents that cause it's tied to my job and that whole thing. And I think we all are forced to reconcile those things in this mm-hmm. new world. Um, but I also absolutely love, that I get to connect with people I don't know. And some mom told me she's really looking for this vinyl that she could, that sold out. And her son is just like going through this hard time. And like, I just saw it. And I was like, I saw one sitting on my desk. I'm like, well, what's your address? I'll send it to you. And like to her, that would meant so much. And I'm like, it was <laughs> so fun for me. I'm just literally just had it sitting there and I just mailed it to her. So, you know, that like that side of being able to connect with people and, um, we're all kind of more on a common level playing field has been mm. really fun. So I've got, a, I've got a good friend, uh, Sergio, his name is, and he's, uh, probably going to freak out once he learned, he's a huge fan of yours. And he's like, really? You're talking to Matt, Matt Carney. Yeah. Yeah, I am. So that's cool. It's, it's nice to, uh, have the chance to do that with you, sir. And hey, I'm sure Sergio, <laughs> let's go play some golf. Yeah, dude. Let's, uh, so you've got a lot of stuff going on. We're right up against the clock here and listeners. Once again, Matt Carney, you know him as, uh, many things and he's going to be uh releasing a new album here in the spring he mentioned he's going to hear a lot more about that very soon i am sure stay safe out there man next time you're in chicago let's get out i would love it man and like um let's try to have fun you know what i'm saying that's the goal is like if we're gonna play golf it should be fun that's Always. my goal this year right you know let's just mm-hmm. like get out and enjoy it if we're gonna be like i i try to have like a sorry i got i wanted to get a little preachy i guess all of a sudden do it but, but it's like i i think it's for me it's like the new challenge has been like let's have some good holes like let's hit some good shots mm-hmm. and like that makes it more fun than this whole um score number thing i don't know like it's really fun to score but it also makes it not fun i don't know I, that's the challenge if you when you figure that out let me know because i'm really trying to explore that more well i'm the guy that walked off the course so <laughs> don't do that <laughs> maybe i should focus more on uh just hitting good shots yeah man i don't know 
All right, man. Well, thanks so much for doing this, and uh, we will be in touch. Let's let's hey. play that round. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening.